strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. We've got the whole gang here. Corey will be right back. He was just taking a phone call. We've got uh, Boulder local today, Dan Graham Hill, coming on air. I think it's been cool, even with Julian last week, uh, having some people in our home base. So Graham uh, has some interesting stuff going on. I'm going to let him kind of take the floor on what he's up to because... I put together some questions for him and he kind of brought up some other things that weren't even in there that I couldn't find anywhere on LinkedIn. So he's got something called champ going on that I could not find any info on. So Graham Hill will be on in a bit. We've got quiz game, uh, Parker Penlington doing the usual game show here in 10 minutes and BitCloud is still up. We, you know, Dan, I know that we've had a couple weeks in a row now speculating on it. It seems like since the, over the last week, we've gotten clarity on top VC firms that have come out and said we are involved. I even saw proof Chamath responded to one of the guys in the clubhouse room I was with, um, Ed and his brother, Brian, who were like the NFT masters in the space. He emailed, he messaged them on BitCloud, messaged Chamath being like, can you please confirm that social capital had something to do with this? He's like confirmed. So that's interesting because now that we know these guys are behind this, it makes it way less likely that it's a scam. Not to say big VCs can't get scammed and haven't made bad investments, but I think the writing is on the wall here that this is a massive project and not at all trying to be shut down by any means. It's interesting. It kind of actually, the timeline on it goes hand in hand with when Chamath tweeted, I'm about to fuck shit up. That yeah. was like right before BitCloud launched. Yep. So, you know, if it is, I mean, who knows? It's The price has gone up a lot, but so is crypto in general. Crypto. So, so is Mike Rolling Coin. Yeah, I mean, Mike Rolling Coin. You know, getting close to 700 bucks here, Dan. My theory, not even my theory, it seems like crypto is two weeks ahead of the markets at all times. And if that's the case, the markets are about to rip because crypto has kind of been ripping. I think the markets are going to rip hard in April. It, it feel it, it kind of feels like it. It, it does, um, right? It, well, yeah, for sure. Just because everyone's so bearish on the market right now, I just get the vibe that we're, we're about to rip. Um, but before we get into any of this, I think we got to talk about what happened last Monday because the boulder shooting literally was happening while we were on our podcast. And when we brought that guy on who went to Naroba, the guy we interviewed, Julian. Julian, we had gotten a couple alerts on our phones about it and we brought it up briefly, but we didn't know the extent of it. So we just went back to our podcast and then, you know, the events quickly unfolded and there was a mass shooting at the King Super in South Boulder tragedy. I actually had a good friend that was there and he's so shook from it. It's just ridiculous. can't even imagine what yeah. what's he feeling like. He's just feeling shook. I don't really know how else to describe it. 
he's you know a, a guy i'm not gonna name him on here but a guy who's normally like the happiest go lucky guy in the world and just always so talkative and when i found out he was there i reached out to him and told him to, you know to give me a call if he wanted to talk and he said he wouldn't it took him like four or five days to call me he didn't call me till this weekend um and yeah so we set up a fund on hungry buffs for our customers when they check out just where they could raise money for this whole thing and our goal and what we're trying to do and we're still working out the details but we're trying to basically feed the families and just kind of help provide some free meals for them over the next few days. And we've been working out some of the logistics with some of the different organizations involved. There's also this fundraiser that's raised over $370,000 just to go fund me. And we've been, not that we're behind it, but we've been sending our customers who ask us where they could donate to that if they're not actually ordering. So it's been, amazing watching boulder rally around what happened but it's just so sad that that happens not to mention in boulder and obviously there's more and more details that are starting to unfold like one of the people who died was an officer who was the first responder on the scene who had seven kids and apparently he was already looking for another job because he didn't want to be a police officer anymore it's just really sad what's been going on with the stories of like one of the bag handlers at King Super who got killed. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what unfolds with the gunman. But I mean, he was clearly mentally ill with the gunman. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the ongoing. It's such a tragedy and saying that it's also another front and center priority as we've seen throughout the pandemic, mental health. Um, I think we've all seen firsthand different experiences in our life, whether it's internally or other people we've come across where you're just like, what's going on here? Um, you know, I know we talked offline. I, I had some incident pop up a couple of days ago. I won't bring up here specifically, but it just again brought up to me how no one knows what's going on in people's brains at all. And yeah. it's not like, oh, you fall off a bike, you put a bandaid on a knee scab, this is on a much, I, I, it's not even gun control to me. It's mind control. That's where I, I'm tired of hearing about gun regulation. This has nothing to do with guns. Guns don't kill people. People do. So you have guns at the end of the day, the amount of gun owners in the country that would never hurt a fly and would protect people far outweigh the psychotic people that go and shoot up a grocery store or a school. And I, I think this is all mental health. There's an, and it, it kind of drives me nuts hearing about gun, what they're going to do regulation wise. Let's be real. The guns are already out there. Like, what are we really? Well, they should make it a little bit more difficult for just anyone to go and get a gun. Yeah. The majority of most gun holes yeah. are What's that, gun uh, licenses are fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, what I'm, you're dead on, Corey. Yeah. What I'm really oh, highlighting here is oh, I'm hoping mental health Let's takes keep front and center. Let's keep politics off of this. Podcast. This isn't politics. I'm talking about uh, the crisis our world has. And dude, at the end of the day, this is our business. I'm very transparent for our users and viewers. This isn't politics at all. It's life. I look at this and it's good because this wasn't even a thing when we were growing up. People were just popping, oh, give kids Adderall, give them this, give them that. I think that's finally shifting where we saw the opiate crisis. Now you see crazy people that were crazy clearly before doing certain things and then not being addressed till afterwards. 
that that's a problem. Like that to me is the biggest underlying issue here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what gets done with all this. Cause I know, you know, everyone's quick to when tragedies like this happen, everyone rallies around and they're like, something has to be done here. Well, it all starts with the mind, the brain, figuring out how to help people before these things even occur. So, and I don't, I wish I had an answer to what that even looks like. I don't, I know it's extremely complicated and I'm sure humans by nature want to be good. So. Yeah. I think the hardest part for people in general, and this is not regarding this, this is just in general for any instance they're facing is people need to want to get help. And that, that's one of the big things. If you're not, if you don't want to get help, you're not going to get help. And then the issues just keep escalating. Yeah, um, you know, regardless of, yeah, of what it is. Um, but yeah, on a, not even a lighter note, an annoying note, the Buffs basketball team with that was just, I was hoping they'd be showing up to play in the second round there. Tad Boyle is just, I, 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 you know, it's tough to even say anything about that. Like post-game conference Boyle was like, yeah, I don't know how I was supposed to think about basketball when there was like a shooting going on in Boulder as we were tipping off and we had no idea what was happening. Like, obviously they weren't allowed to delay the game because the other team was there and that's just not an event where you're going to like delay the game. But maybe they should have though. If that, if that actually, if those guys couldn't even focus because of that happening after the game like mckinley right all of them none of them were like they were all like oh basketball is just a game like there was a shooting in boulder wall and they shouldn't have they should have pushed that game back is the well, reality I, I, I agree yeah that would have been great and i think it was either like a forfeit situation or play like i don't think that was the type of situation where they were really able to push the game back i feel like if that game was a day later the buffs would have dominated and it would have been like play for boulder type of thing and it would have been like a completely different situation but how like even like i I was not even excited about the game when that first happened it was tough for me like it was tough for me to get hyped about the bucks game which i was so pumped for all day and then all of a sudden i hear that there's this boulder shooting and that like people are actually dying in it and I'm still trying to get myself rattled for a Buffs game after that, but like couldn't at all. And just and I remember when Darren was screwing around with you that it was canceled. At first in my head, I was like, wow. But then I yeah. thought that would actually make sense if they did cancel that game. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I kind of figured they, yeah. I, I just don't think they could have because I feel like the other team would have just been like, no. Like, They've got to have though exceptions for any rule. I think there's always an exception. Yeah. And this is a an anomaly scenario where it's like, listen, other team, yeah, this is what can you do here? We're pushing this game back 48 hours. And meanwhile, the Pac-12 has just gone on to make up like half of the Elite Eight. That's what's frustrating. The Buffs, I feel like this year they could have, and don't get me wrong, I didn't follow college basketball like you guys, but I do know the Buffs had the type of team that had the dynamics to make a deep run this year. They were better than all these other Pac-12 teams that are all still dancing in the tournament and like doing well. Oregon State almost beat Houston last night. It was crazy. Yep. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. What are you guys, what are your predictions here the rest of the way? Well, I actually have. I uh, I was going to say, I think after watching, I think Michigan is going to win the whole thing. Michigan or Baylor, but Michigan looked like, just such a dominant team passing the ball, plays great defense, well coached. Um, I like them. 
I have. Can you believe uh, it's not Indiana. We're talking about Michigan basketball. I mean, come on. I haven't looked at the actual standings in that Hoosier dance bracket, but I picked Baylor to win it all in that bracket. So I'm still alive in that. I think. Let's go, Dan. Yeah, and then speaking of the Hoosier dance, we have a new coach, Mike Woodson. I think. To be honest with you guys, if it wasn't Brad Stevens, that was my guy for us. I thought, who else could you bring in? An alumni that's credible. I always liked Mike Woodson in Atlanta. He had a nice run on the Hawks as a coach. And I think, I know yeah. he had a, who, who's a good coach for the Knicks the last two decades? Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, we finally got, one, finally got one now. The Knicks been playing well. But yeah, I obviously didn't like him as a Knicks coach. But I like him as a, he's a good guy. And I think he'll be really good at recruiting. I, I think, I think we'll get he's going to be a good him. coach. I really do. He, I agree, and it's good to have him back in Bloomington. He was a hell of a player at IU, too. Yeah, he was a good player. He got a lot of praise from Bob Knight. That was good you to gotta see. you got to think that's going to help in-state recruiting on another level. The problem with Archie Miller, and I came in expecting way more out of the guy, he had no ties to the state. And when you think of Indiana, why is Purdue and even Michigan? When you look at some of their guys over the years, they've gotten them from Indiana, which is unacceptable. Definitely. That would be like IU football stealing someone from Michigan, from Mich State, where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to IU for football. It's like, what? And IU football is turning into a better team than the basketball program lately. That's It's an embarrassment. Yeah, so, I think Woodson will help turn us around for sure. So it's funny good. how, yeah, the Buffs, it seems like their football is not as good as their basketball, and IU is the vice versa. It's like they have a I know. reverse roadmap going on here. I don't know where uh, Parker Penlington is here, but he's going to have to work on that timeliness if Jake Udell is helping him become famous through pilots. I can tell you right now, that boy is going to be cut off quickly if he's showing up delayed for a set. Doesn't he start at 5 or is it uh, – what time is he normally 440 on? he was supposed to be on. Oh, he's not coming today. Conor's going to shit about these things. Have you talked to him today? Yeah. He's, 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 been, he's, been late. he's been late the last few weeks. Oh, man. I feel like – um, but yeah, I have uh, in our low Dell bracket Houston to win it all. Wow! Oh, so that, that I bet you win that bracket. If uh, I feel like I'm gonna take a look. This is the first year in history I never did a bracket. I think I had Houston to win it all. That's just what I remember doing and Baylor in the other one. I tried logging onto the Hoosier Dance one after like the first week to look, and I looked like those. Conj is uh, coming on here. See, the thing with Conj, he's got to let us know if he's not so we can plan other things in between. What? Any other current events you guys have in mind? What, what else is going Status code, there's been an error when I go to this kid's bracket pool. Hit him, email him. I will. Corey, any thoughts on BitCloud two weeks later here? I mean, yeah, it's looking good. Let's, I guess let's see what happens. I, I think the platform's awesome in, you know, what we're, I think people are going to just build amazing things off it. It is um, fascinating yeah. thinking about that next layer of building. Like what is that? It, and it was interesting last night hearing this 30 under 30 gamer, this Veronica girl that I have been keeping in touch with. She's a beast. She was co-hosting the room with Jake. And she's like, what people don't realize is BitCloud.com is not BitCloud. <laughs> she's like, it's just a shell of Twitter to get people comfortable and onboarded. She's like, wait to see how this changes. This is not at all BitCloud. She's like, BitCloud's the actual node, the blockchain. 
It's not the, the website is just a shell. So I, I thought that was fascinating because I had no idea that that was actually the case until last but night. Yeah, I never thought of it the way she said it. Like I never thought of BitCloud as the website. I thought of it just as like all the coins and the creators. And you're coins. right, Corey. That's exactly it's the token. But she was yeah. like highlighting that BitCloud.com is not like I think there's a lot of and I was one of those people assuming that that was the the structure of it as a platform, and she was just highlighting it's not at all. It's just How a way to, what's up? How does she know? Yeah, she's one of these next level developers that are just, is clearly, she has a pulse on technology on another level. That's what's been cool on here, guys, is even hearing some of these talks in these rooms from like really high-end engineers. It's fascinating because they go over things and you're just like, wait, what? And same thing with NFTs. I've been trying to just understand more of the dynamics behind some of these things because Actually, I had a kid, a guy, no joke, one of these artists, I was like, oh, I have no stuff in my apartment. Would love to get one of your pieces. He was doing like hundred dollar, like really insane stuff. That's normally a grand just to get going on here. And he, I email him and he's like, are you looking for NFT or IRL? And I'm like, that's the first time I ever felt old. I was like, what is IRL? And he's like laughing. He's like, in real life. And I, I had to look up IRL, but even then I was confused. I'm like, so just to clarify, it's not a disc or a hologram. I want a physical. And he's like, oh, you want an actual artwork? And I'm like, that, yeah. That, that's funny. Way. That's crazy. So wait, if you, had you said NFT, it would have been a digital? Like, I would have gotten like, a digital, like literally some kind of disc. An NFT, yeah. Which even now, guys, the NFT world, there's a lot that has to be clarified there there's been a lot of scams around people getting screwed on these things that you know someone lost a ton of money last week trying to get an elon musk like customized disc of some kind that then just disappeared i don't know how i'm just i don't trust the whole landscape of nfts personally so what an nft is it's a non-fungible fungible no but like what does that actually mean Dan, honestly, I it, can't tell you off the, here's what it's defined as a non-fungible token is a unit of data on a digital ledger called a blockchain where each NFT can represent a unique digital item and they are not interchangeable. They represent yeah. digital files like art, audio, videos. Oh, I, get it. I know, I know what it means, but like, what does it the really thing is that It getting, means that you own, you own, there's only one of that thing and you own it. Or like you own the original every single time. Sorry, you own the original of okay. whatever it is. It could be like think about a file at a library, like a file cabinet. Dan, imagine put that virtually for a second. So you have a filing cabinet, all of your stuff. Imagine yeah. now. But my question is, what is actually in the file cabinet? Is it a digital token that says that you're the owner of a real asset? Or is it a yeah. digital token of a digital fake asset? Like what? What is in that digital file cabinet? Uh, well, any it depends what it is. Artwork, audio. Yeah. It could so be a video clip of LeBron James. Artwork. So when you say artwork, does that mean that if I have a real painting that's painted by some guy in, let's say, Savannah, Georgia, then my NFT is something in the digital world that is proof of me owning the real painting? No, no. It, you don't own you don't own an NFT combined with the real piece for. What's the artwork? 
The artwork it's, is, it's like a digital file. It's a file. Yeah. Of what? In it. Like a hologram. Of literally whatever like literally. it is. It depends what it is. It could be different. Like, so I was telling Dan the other day that this guy, this blockchain lawyer reached out to me, a friend of a friend, and was interested in Jeff Cole. He knew that we were like, we owned a bunch of, where I owned a bunch of designs from Sky Culture. And he was, he's now famous and he blew up, you know, um, through Instagram and he's a d digital artist and he obviously has a company with Scooter Braun and, and Gary V. And the guy was like trying to convince me like, hey, let's sell your Jeff Cole designs that he did for your clothing line as NFTs. And I thought that was really interesting. And I was telling Dan that he should take an original file of his band that he had with Mitchie Collins and create that as an NFT, like original music by Mitchie Collins' first band and make that as an NFT and sell that and you'd be selling like the file the audio file with an authentication you'd have to be able to prove that that is the original and that then so, that's it so it's basically me selling like literally an audio mp3 player that someone could then listen to but that also comes with the proof that that is what you claim it is just like yeah it has a unique exactly. identifier so you own you're the only unique asset holder of it so when you talk and, about and then this, someone thinks that Mitchie Collins will get more and more famous and then that's valuable. So they're willing to spend money on that and then maybe sell it Which later Which is on. hence why BitCloud yeah. is so appealing when you think what about you them about? being nested in the creator of that NFT. And when you talk about the artwork, is that like you have the actual file on your computer? Like you're looking yeah, at exactly. Exactly. the real art. And then, you know, so someone just registers that as an NFT. I personally, I'm not a fan. Like I, I prefer like a physical, just like, I know it took me a while to get onto the Kindle, but maybe it'll be the same thing. I, as it is, I never have artwork around, but the thought of buying a piece of art that's digital, I don't really get it. It's purely investment. I don't see yeah. it how, why anyone else would want it other than it, they can make money. But on that note, yeah. we got Parker Penlington here, a little delayed. I think his intern was giving him some shit. 2001 production. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Win Mike's Lunch. Sorry for the technical delay, but we are here and we're ready to play the game. Mike, Dan, Corey, how's everyone doing today? Doing well, doing well. Doing good, doing Still hurting from those jelly beans. Good, you're going to hurt some more. Maybe we'll see. Dan, I'm loving the beard. What happened? This is my ski beard. I went skiing in Utah this weekend, <laughs> and I needed that extra layer of warmth. So I, I, I let it rip. Well, here's to you hitting puberty. <laughs> there he is drinking again, Conch. Uh, Dan, your categories are breakfast is for winners and quitting drinking is for losers. What the hell is that? Planes, trains, and automobile meals. Whiz kid, Mike. Sticky fingers, Dan. And don't eat Corey's M&Ms. Don't eat Corey's M&Ms. Ooh, that's <laughs> a good choice, but a dangerous one. Let's see if it pays off for you. First release as military rations in 1941, which is not an original M&M color. Is it orange, purple, green, or brown? Is not an original color. Purple. His answer is purple. And I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> it is actually orange was not original. It came about in 1976 to replace red during a red food dye scare. Uh -huh. No, I had a feeling it was orange. I don't know why I said purple. Dan, off to a rough start. Corey, you're gonna make a you won last week. Are you gonna win again this yes, week? Sir. 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, let's get down to it and find out. Your Kyra's are breakfast is for winners. What the <laughs> hell is that? Planes, trains, and automobile meals. Wizkid Mike and Sticky Fingers Dan. We know Dan's go got Sticky that. Fingers. Yeah, let's go with that. Sticky Fingers Dan. Sticky Fingers Dan. In August of 2013, train robbers in Quebec sold $26 million worth of this food item. Was it cheese, caviar, manuka honey, or maple syrup? $26 million of it. Damn. I mean, obviously, before you even said it, I was thinking caviar, but it seems too obvious. And then maple syrup seems too obvious because it's Canada. Let's go with manuka honey. Manuka honey makes sense. It's expensive, but... Oh, sometimes it's the obvious one. It's maple syrup in Canada. 10% of their yearly amount of maple syrup. Damn. Ah, talk myself out of that one, Parker. Oh, boy. It looks like you're setting me up for the win here. Interesting part about that story. They didn't steal the containers. They somehow got it out of the containers. 3.4 million liters of maple syrup. Mike, are you going to win? Yep. Let's find out. Your categories are breakfast is for winners. What the hell is that? Planes, trains, and automobile meals, and Whiz Kid Mike. Whiz Kid Mike. Whiz Kid Mike. And that's our daily double for the week. That means if you miss it, Corey and Dan have a chance to steal. Get your jelly beans ready in case you get it wrong. Cheese Whiz, a snack containing no actual cheese, is th is thought of as an American classic product. However, it was in its invention in 1953 was not actually in the United States. Where was it developed? Was it UK, Russia, Japan, Canada, or China? Hmm. It's a tough one. Name those again. This is a tough one. Damn. UK, Russia, Japan, Canada, or China? You know, in what year was it? 1953. That's a good follow-up so question. We're talking about after World War II by a decent amount, the 50s. What was going on? Roaring 50s. Japan would not make any sense. Neither would Russia. You know, I got to go with Canada. That's what I was thinking. Wow. Strong move going for Canada. I didn't think you'd get it, but you did. Well done, oh, Mike. Baby. This one's for you. I was thinking of poutine, like the whole like disco <laughs> fries, and I was like, there's something there. Yeah, there is something there. They're filthier than you'd expect up there. And with that, that brings us to halftime. Mike, <laughs> you've got a lead. How are you feeling? I mean, didn't I already win here? No, you're up one. You're nothing. But that, uh, a, that leads that us to our sponsor for this week, Drinking on a Boat. Want to disrupt the world economy? Have some drinks on the boat. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, wait, what is that? <laughs> That's a Suez Canal. <laughs> that is the Suez Canal, and that's a picture of the captain right there. Wow. It's no wonder that thing's still stuck. Damn. Round it's two. Finally free. Wait, aren't I up two nothing here? You're up no. one nothing. That was a daily double. Well, that's only if you got it wrong for me and Corey. Exactly. What? We changed the rules for the daily way. doubles. We got rid of the double <laughs> points, and we added uh, jelly bean punishments. No jelly bean punishment this week, though, Mike. Good job. Your categories, Dan, are breakfast is for winners. What the hell is that? And planes, trains, and automobile meals. I'm going to go with planes, trains, and automobile meals. According to a survey done by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, this is the most popular food to eat while you're driving. Is it candy, cheeseburgers, donuts, or French fries? 
I'm going to go with French fries. He's going with French fries, the obvious answer. And now and then that works out. Dan gets a point. Wow. Like, what's your favorite food to eat while driving? That's a great question, Conch. Definitely not M&M's. But, mm. uh, you know, I'm not, not a good eating and driving man. guy. I, like, I, I don't enjoy my food if I'm distracted. I, lo I Like, I love eating. It's always been one of my favorite things on the planet. I'm not – I've never been a big eater and driver. Well – Round of applause for the safe driving there, Mike. This one's for you. I wish it had anything to do with safety, but yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I do not text and drive, though. He doesn't text and drive, but he sexts and drive. Corey, your categories are <laughs> breakfast is for winners, and what the hell is that? Let's do breakfast is for winners. And also, breakfast. what are you drinking there, Parker? Oh, Sock. only the finest for Parker. You know what? Since he asked, this one's for you. What is that? Four sakes in the last ten minutes. Uh, you had that shot of Jeopardy, Parker. What is going on here, boy? I missed out, and now I'm drinking myself into a new gig. <laughs> Breakfast is for winner. Cheerios are the most popular cereal in America, with 139 million boxes sold in 2020. What is the second highest selling cereal? Is it Honey Nut Cheerios, Frosted Flakes, Honey Bunches of Oats? Or cinnamon toast crunch. I'm going honey bunches of oats. Honey bunches of oats. Good guess. I'm sorry. What What do you think it was, Mike? You reacted there. What was the other option? Honey nut Cheerios. Frosted, uh, just, uh, frosted, frosted flakes. flakes and honey no, bunches. Cinnamon, uh, cinnamon, cinnamon toast, toast crunch. crunch. Wait, and the question was, what's the most popular cereal? Second most popular. You literally chose probably the last most popular cereal out of all of those. Well, yeah, that's why I chose it. It's number four out of uh, the entire bunch. Cinnamon Toast uh, Crunch. Honey Nut Cheerios, number two. Cheerios taking in one and two because that's what champions do. Wow. Speaking of champions, Mike, are you going to take it this week? I, of course. All right. Well, your final category is what the hell is that? And as always, this is a visual clue, and it is what the hell is that? Is it an exploding melon? A spiked kiwi, an African horned cucumber, or a dragon fruit? Dragon fruit. Yeah, that's so easy. Everyone says dragon fruit, and everyone doesn't know what a dragon fruit oh. is. <laughs> it is horn. an African horned cucumber. Oh. I'll tell you, that I'm does so annoyed at myself. I knew I was trapped there when I said that. I knew I was wrong. That's unreal. Ugh. Well, Sorry. you can't get a perfect score on my SATs. 20 years later, I still trap myself on this crap. <laughs> the good news is you didn't lose, but someone had to. I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> but what do you got <laughs> for a package? Conja, I haven't got a package this week. Um, Don't you have something I mean, in the, the fridge? Uh, I got beer in the fridge that you sent. You want me to get one of those? Or I got some extra jelly beans. Wait, did John send you beer? I think you have a type of soda yeah. that's in the fridge. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's right. I keep a video camera on Corey's fridge at all times. I know everything that's in there. <laughs> What's it's in there right down. now? Wow. Wow. Should be joining us here in a minute. I don't know if he's having technical difficulties or. Everyone's having technical difficulties today. You guys are going to like this one. Dan, does your girlfriend like the beard? Ooh, yeah. here we go. It's a little out of control right now. I, I've had a beard for the last <laughs> like five years. Young man and Marie are big fans. 
dirt soda here. Corey's about to drink dirt it. Dirt soda. Does it taste mm. like dirt? Earthy. Tastes amazing. Tastes really? like, a, yeah. like a like a creamsicle, like a Doctor Brown's. Well, every now and then, dirt tastes good. Depends <laughs> on where you get it from. Honestly, but this is really good dirt. Shit. Well, well done, Corey. And uh, with that, right. this um, has been. Can I give you a tip since you're from the past? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. Well, at some point in the year, probably, I don't know, 2000, you'll start hearing about this crazy concept of Bitcoin. Get your hands on as much as you can. I, I've invested my money very well. I bet the entire amount on uh, the future of the New York Knicks franchise. I think they're going to do very <laughs> well. Parker's also on BitCloud, even though he's Parker, from the past and never heard of Bitcoin. That's yeah, true. That's the funny thing about Parker is he goes back and forth in time and puts his money everywhere, especially in drugs. Thank you, everybody. This has been Win Mike Rollins Lunch. I'll be back next week where one of these guys is going to eat something gross. And uh, I just want to tell everyone, go yourself. See you next week. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Parker. Conj pulling a line from the anchor, man. Yeah, he, I think he yeah. might be trying to get in that sequel. That's what keeps coming to mind when Conj has these uniforms on. It's like, it's literally, I think he's Will Ferrell's understudy. He does look Seriously. like he could be in that like whole gang scene when there's like multiple. Yeah, yeah where they're, they're all going off on each other. Yeah, and Stiller's in it and Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the best movie scenes ever. Uh, yeah, for sure. Conj is like the New Jersey 12 reporting group i could see him so, doing that um, let me message graham here he's on facebook i don't know what's going on but um yeah ethereum over 1800 bitcoin over 58 and cardano at a buck 22 yeah i mean hey it's those are the three I kind of follow. Oh, and Dogecoin, of course, at five cents. Or we had a guy, that, a big Dogecoin holder on the in Doge. Clubhouse last night going off how pumped he is being the Doge man. It was really funny. Yeah, I love it. I'm not going to go over how much money Doge has made me, but let's just say. I mean, it could, yeah, that's amazing. The he Doge says Graham's like working on it. So we'll see what that means. Hopefully we get him soon here. I know there's been random hiccups once in a while with guests with the connection with the link uh but pumped to hear about champ enterprises and uh yeah what else is going on guys what else is up in the world giants uh, agent signings finally starting to i i love that our moves they got that stud from tennessee the uh cornerback yeah they've been making a lot of good moves jets and too kyle jets yeah, Jets got Corey Davis from Tennessee, wide receiver. Uh, we got a linebacker last week. And it uh, looks like we're going to go after – I forget what quarterback, but they're saying there's like a quarterback in the draft that's supposed to be amazing. That's not Trevor Lawrence. Um, that looks like we'll get, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, hey, both those teams – it's better for the NFL when the New York Giants and New York Jets are relevant. Let's be real. Just yeah. like – College basketball the tournament. Definitely. So that's always – it's been tough the last few years. I mean, Corey, you've been in a worse spot as a New York football fan. At least the Giants had a couple, you know, flashes in the bottle of those years. Yeah. 
What do we got here? Working on it. Any tips? Uh, should just be able to ask what the issue is. Yeah. We got the Masters coming up here. Mike, you're going to be here for the Masters. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's uh, something. I know you don't care about the Masters at all, but, you know. Is Tiger in it? No. No. Yeah, then I couldn't care less. Ricky's not even in it. He's on such a losing streak. He's not even in the Masters. He might as well just retire at this point. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. I feel like Ricky is the poor man's, uh, what's his name? The Spanish guy that finally won one. Well, he's the really, really poor. That's what I mean. The really Sergio poor Garcia, man. Yeah. Sergio, Garcia. Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia. Yeah. Well, Sergio Garcia has had a great career now that you throw in that PGA win. Like, he's the man. Yeah. I mean, hey. The, the, I'm sorry, the major win. He's had several PGA wins. But, yeah, there seems to be a common theme with golfers that right when they get married or have a kid, they fall off the grid for at least a couple of years. But it seems to happen with all of them. And then they come back and eventually are really good again. It happened with Dustin Johnson. It happened with Sergio. And then he come back and he won. And that's when he won the major like two years after. And clearly it's happening with Ricky. I, I don't really get what the connection is with that, but there seems to be one. Yeah. Maybe they I just mean, lose yeah. their drive. It's, yeah. it's always tough too when you just can't get over that hump and then it reaches a point where it clearly gets in your head. I feel like Ricky is at that point now where it's dwelling. Oh, like, yeah. Man, how did I not win a major? Nick Faldo took such a jab at him. Like it was like two weeks ago when Ricky once again didn't make a cut. And Nick Faldo is like, well, at least Ricky will have another week to shoot more commercials since he's not playing in the match. Well, yeah, man. I don't blame Nick Faldo for doing that because yeah. when push comes to shove, it's like, bud, you've never <laughs> won a major. And you yeah. have all these sponsorships. It's like, and they asked Ricky, Ricky. yeah. And you could tell Ricky was kind of rattled by it. And he was just like, yeah, you know, I know Nick Faldo was trying to like get me riled up. And he's like, the fact that he even said that is why he hasn't won a tournament yet. Yeah, he's like, at the end of the day, I'd much rather be playing in the Masters than shooting commercials. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think anyone that's focused on that type of publicity before winning big has major problems. And yeah. Sergio Garcia, if you remember, it was the same thing. Graham, yeah, man. Honestly, I don't know what's going on. Um, I've not run into this problem before. It should work when you click on it. Uh, I'm happy. I, we, of course, want to have you on here. It, pumped to hear about Champ Enterprises. For yeah. our viewers, um, we might have to get Graham on in another week due to technical difficulties, but he wanted us to mention Champ, which... Well, Mike, wait, ask him what happens when he clicks the link. Nothing's happening. But to give Graham a shout out until we can figure this out, he runs Champ Enterprises, which distributes hemp biomass to farms and gardens. So clearly when you think of Colorado and how big hemp has gotten, I'm sure Graham has been crushing it. And no worries, Graham. It's all good, man. We'll figure out another Monday to get you on. We're pumped to hear about your story. If you want to type in the comments, if you're watching right now, where our viewers can find hemp, I mean, uh, Champ Enterprises, and let me know if there's something you want me to bring up. I'm happy to give you a shout out and send everybody to your website. You know, I know we know a lot of people that have gotten very bullish on the hemp space. I have a couple of good friends that are, are heavily involved in that world. And Dan, I think you've, you and Jeff both had one-off people that 
had some stuff going on with hemp, right? Like the bath bombs. Yeah, that was Jeff's friend. Um, I don't really know if I know anybody in the hemp world, but I know a lot of people in the marijuana world. I, yeah, I feel like that whole space is just crazy. So, yeah. We're, we're yeah. Be- Sorry, we couldn't work that out today, Graham. We will pinpoint another Monday to get you on. I'll find out, try to make sure the link's working properly next time. This is honestly the first time this has happened, but we'll get it dialed in. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to break down here? Yeah, I mean, uh, marijuana's now, they just legalized it in New York. Hopefully recreational marijuana coming soon. I thought that was a big move. Obviously, state needs it. They're hurting. I mean, we know we're but, heading um, for a point in this country where drugs are all going to be legal. Let's be real. Yeah. It makes the most sense. I don't see what, anytime you make something create re- rebels, it just leads to problems. So look what happened in Portugal. What happened when they yeah. decriminalized everything? All drugs. Yeah, I just I don't see what the benefit is from not doing that. The same goes for gambling. When you think of crime, when you alleviate all these friction points, crime goes way down. Yeah, I mean, let people do what they want and make their own decisions. Exactly. And if they want to gamble, let them gamble. If they want to do drugs, let them do drugs. But and if they want to go on BitClout and invest in people, let them do it. Yeah. Speaking of my coin, Corey, Michael Lee Roland, it's up to almost 700 bucks. That's just so wild. It's crazy. Does that mean you can take it out? What does that actually mean? Oh, if I actually want to be a dick, then when this withdrawal starts, I could cash out and upset about 30 people and make a quick, nice buck here. I'm not going to. That's the whole thing, right? If you were to cash out your coin, everyone would just lose their money. Well, I'm the biggest. So what I did, the philosophy with this, I've, you know, it's like anything. Everyone has different mentalities. I went in there. There's a lot of people like big whales that'll just pump and dump people's coins early on where they're like, oh, this guy's trading at six bucks. I'm going to be a huge coin holder and then wait for other people to jump and dump it. I became, I, I bought a ton of my own coin. And what that did was. It made people think this guy has a lot of confidence in his future. And he he bought, like I literally own 28 of my own coins. I threw, I think like three or four grand on myself where I'm just like, okay. this. And now since then, it's been interesting because I've seen people follow suit. Jake has been the man. He's gone hard on me. And so is the conj. And now you have all, all these strangers being like, oh, Jake Udell owns this guy's coin. I wonder what he's up to. And it's that whole FOMO effect building. It's just, it's the same concept of if you ever go on Instagram or any social media and you see who a celebrity is following and you're like, oh, why does this guy follow this random person? You're just intrigued to follow that person. So same way, you know, they see Jake Udell invested in Mike Rowland. Now they're intrigued to invest in Mike Rowland. So you can't take out your own coin unless you're the only owner of your coin. Like if you withdraw your own coin and there's other people that still own it, so oh, it's still valued. It's just, it depends how much you own, right? Like yeah. I, I cashed out my- Like an insider dumping their stock. Yeah, exactly. It's like when Shamath, that POS goes around and gets all these companies public and then six months later dumps tens of millions of dollars and drops them to single digit stocks and hops on Twitter to try and defend himself. It's like that guy. I'm so sick of that guy. I'm not a shit. I mean, dude, keep in mind in his defense though, Dan, I was talking to Jake about this. Everyone needs- Hear me out though for a second on Chamath. Everyone needs a hype man at that level. When and we'll see it at some point soon with what we're working on. You need a guy that is getting people amped up at that level. When it comes to Chamath, 
will excite a room of whether like he's trying to be like that Mark Cuban type of dude, the Elon Musk kind of guy with publicity. And sure, people could call what all they want. The guy made a killing in Bitcoin years ago. That's, I think, how he made his real fortune. And hey, he's worth a lot of money and has a lot of a huge network. And he's oh, yeah. I mean, I give him all the credit in the world. He's killing it. He owns the Warriors. He went hard on Bitcoin, though, when people thought it was fake, like real hard. And you deserve to get rewarded by society when you take a leap of faith like that and it hits. It's like, great. Yeah, no, for sure. So, and it sounds like, like you said, Dan, that tweet he brought up about, oh, I'm about to crush shit or whatever it was. I'm about to fuck shit up. That, was, shit up. that was a prelude to BitCloud. That was a prelude to Clover dropping about 80%, which was his most recent IPO. So maybe the next time you do something <laughs> like that, we just have to short something. Ever since that guy took a picture of himself shirtless with really skinny calves. Oh, uh, yeah. That really falling <laughs> off the map. I'm talking 60, 70, 80% declines across the board. To the point, and, then, and then this is where that guy just pisses me off. Is then he has the nerve after his stocks have all tumbled, like literally 50, 60% to go on Twitter and be like, I know the stocks like haven't done well lately, but look at the performance since day one when let's be real, no one was in it but him. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, now you're going to rub in everyone's face how over time these stocks are up, but the people who like might be late to the game on some of these are just holding the heaviest bag of all time. It's yeah. That guy let a lot of people down over the last few months. Yeah. Well, you know that, but there, he definitely has a huge following. Myself included. I'm an open door holder and that stock has been the shittiest stock ever. If that guy can get that stock back above like 35, I'll like him again. Well, real estate in general <laughs> has just been a huge dud. That guy has been a dud. Zillow has been awful too. It has not, not Shop as bad. Yeah. Why is that? It's just the conditions of the market with interest rates and with interest rates going up. That's like the only reason. Rates. Yeah. But yeah, folks, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it if you leave us a review on uh, Apple or Spotify. We are bootstrapped in the trenches and we will see you next week. Bootstrapped in the trenches, making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get low down, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.
high demand for equipment because there's going to be mass amounts of projects available for people to go to work on. Um, so yeah, uh, so it'll, it'll work in a couple different ways, right? Our supply will ultimately go down. Prices will ultimately go up due to demand. Um, and, and so that's the way I kind of see it. Wow, man. Dude, yeah, you're in a hell of a sector because when you really think about it, no matter what you're needed, like we had a guy that runs a manufacturing company last week and Dan was highlighting that's what makes the world go around. So like companies like Ritchie Brothers are needed for America when you yeah. think about it. So are you basically like when you're going around, you're talking about meeting with clients and stuff. Is your main goal to try and get more inventory on the website? Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll sign packages of equipment to, to remarket or liquidate. Um, and then sometimes we also buy equipment, too, right? So someone may not want to send it through like an auction process. We'll go out, we'll appraise it. Um, well, I'm just using round numbers. We, we think the package is worth $5 million. We'll offer, you know, $4 million on it. Um, that, that'll be kind of our, our million-dollar gap will be um, kind of preventing some risk in the event that there's a bad sale day um, and the market shifts from the time that we buy it to sell it. Um, but that's essentially kind of our profit margin, our costs that go into it. Like refurbishment's a big thing to – you know, make equipment operable, appear, you know, better than it is. Um, just as you would do with like any, any house or, you know, any used car you, you'd sell, right? Like I always use the example, would you pay more for a car that smells good when you sit in it or a car that has French fries down the seat and smells like smoke, right? Mm. Yeah, that yeah. no, makes sense. And it's clear, man, there's, you have such a high ceiling with that when you think about it, because you could just keep selling. So yeah. it's not like you can really hit a wall with, especially when you look at the future and what needs to happen with all these projects in mm. our country, you're in a very unique niche. Yeah, no, no doubt. It's, uh, it's, it's very interesting for sure. And, um, it's, it's funny too. Now we just found out that bank of America has been using our equipment trends report in their, uh, I think it was their 10Q recently, um, j just as kind of a baseline with the, the price index and what's happening with their equipment finance. Oh, wow. I mean, talk about next level credibility. That's, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Pretty cool stuff. Man, that's cool, dude. Yeah, and Matt, guys, is literally at the top of the echelon in sales there in the country, which is awesome. Congrats on that, Matt. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so do you get measured on how like your equipment getting resold? Like if you go and you get a client and you get them to basically put up their equipment on the website, mm. is that your job or is it then getting that stuff resold? No. So we actually look at ourselves as kind of a global marketing firm. So my job is essentially, yeah, get talk to the customer, customer facing, value their equipment, um, sell them on the, the marketing strategy. We've got a couple different platforms we can sell on, get the contract signed. And then I kind of manage the process to get the, you know, equipment to our yard or um, to our inspectors. And then everything's taken care of from there. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, I, I do my checks and balances, make sure we're marketing it properly and, so on and so forth, but we have full-on marketing teams and inspectors and operations staff that they handle all that. And um, you know, I've got my own personal kind of uh, coordinator or assistant 
helps with the titling process. So obviously none of this is possible without them. So, you know, great support staff too. And Matt, you obviously before the pandemic, you were traveling a bunch for work. Are you, do you see that now with this whole vaccine talk naturally happening right after the election? Do you see that leading to you being back on the road with travel? Yeah, so I don't know when that will happen exactly. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, maybe Q1, Q2. Um, I can say that I don't think my traveling will slow down personally because, you know, my customers where I go and do a lot of my business development are, are at like bankruptcy conferences, turnaround conferences, finance conferences. And all those folks really like those conferences. It's just great face-to-face interaction and you know, in that like kind of finance distress world, people are so busy, right? It's it's near impossible to call someone or email someone and say, hey, want to jump on a 30-minute Zoom call? Or, you know, even those guys don't necessarily want you coming to their offices that much. They would prefer to, to meet in one central location with a bunch of other, you know, colleagues and then go play golf, go to dinner, have drinks, you know, whatever it might be or meet for coffee in the morning. Um, So I I still see my industry trending that way because of the type of nature. Yeah, exactly. I think that we can all attest to that. That it's same with our business, the face to face. And, you know, Corey's so dominant with restaurant relationships for us. It's always the case, Matt, where people want to shake hands, even when a customer has a problem, they Mm want to hear from you directly with that personal touch. So that's huge. No doubt. And Matt, before we get you off here, I, I'm naturally being a food show in a way. <laughs> what, what's your last meal on earth? <laughs> you're, a, you're, a, you're a good foodie. We've had some good meals. Last meal on earth. Um, wow, that's a tough one. I know. Um, okay, so most recently, I'm going to give you my last day of meals on earth. How's that? I love yeah, that. I like that. Too. That's like, I don't want to discriminate. Yeah. Now we're talking, Matt. Yeah. That's a great call, honestly. First time yeah. anyone's done this, and that's a great move. Well, Matt's a yeah. smart guy. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. I like that. Um, so uh, there's uh, – I just recently had my favorite breakfast burrito ever, um, and it's at El Vez in New York City. I've been there. Um, so, so I'd go with the breakfast, breakfast burrito from El Vez. Um, it's chorizo. Got some green chilies on it. Cheese. Just, just phenomenal. Um, and I'd have to have uh, a cold brew from uh, Blue Spoon uh, right down the street in New York City from there. Probably my favorite cold brew. Uh, moving on to lunch. Lunch, <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. You know, as, uh, this is trending in the Mexican food. Uh, I love spicy stuff. I, I'm a huge Chipotle fanatic. Um, so it would have to be a burrito bowl, side tortilla with chips for dipping. Um, and, uh, that, that's where I'd go with lunch. I've probably eaten Chipotle more than anyone, you know, <laughs> wow. possible. um, I once, calcul- once calculated it. And if you, you know, do the math, I figure I average eating it three to four times a week. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. That. That's and awesome. That's- that's probably been since 1997, 98. So. <laughs> wow. Nah, you, they should give you some stock. Just yeah, out of good seriously. Wow. So, you guys can do the math on that one. I, I won't make myself. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're talking, you've literally had, uh, I mean, if you want me to really break this down. Yeah, let's break this down. Here we're talking about three to four times a week. So you <laughs> say on average conservatively 20 times a, a uh, 
No, yeah. 12 times a month. Let's say 12 times a month. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking about 144 times a year. Average to get 3,000, like, 3,000 yeah. times, Matt, you bet Chipotle. Yeah, that's ballpark. That's, that's fair. I mean, I never slowed down in Tucson at college, never slowed down after in California or Denver when I lived there. And you know what's so funny? Where I live in New York right now, there's literally a Chipotle in the base of my building. <laughs> I mean, you know a good you thing go. you stick with, and I respect that. And then what would you do for dinner after? Because usually Chipotle leads to a food coma. Yeah, yeah, no. It's uh, dinner. I'd, uh, I'm definitely going to go steak, and it, it's really tough decision for me. Um, I love Wolfgang's, and I also love yeah. Ra Raul's in uh, Soho. They I was do it. Say, Wolfgang's on Wolfgang's on Greenwich is like the best steak I've ever had. And Matt, you're right by there. Yeah, that's, that's what I figured. Oh yeah, yeah, we were there for your birthday. That's where I went for my birthday. Yeah, yeah. I, I just went on Thursday. It was literally, the, and my dad has been talking about it forever. Like that specific location, best steak. And I totally agree. It's oh, up there. It's so good. So it's, yeah. it's tough, though, because Raul's uh, steak frites with the peppercorn sauce is also phenomenal. So, oh, you know, Ma I'm, making me hungry. I'm, yeah, oh, I'm probably going to one of those spots for dinner and um, probably finishing dessert off a uh, big ice cream and chocolate chip cookie fan. So, mm. probably figuring out how to get a scoop of mint chocolate chip with a chocolate chip cookie from Levain Bakery. Matt, I love I love how you nailed that to a T with Dude. each meal. Like that's how you go out. How could you By really do that? Yeah, best roundup we've had so far in terms of uh, this question. Unbelievable. Pinpointed wow. everything. Really had the uh, imagination to think outside the box and give us. Yeah, Matt's yeah. put on the fly like that. Yeah. Well, dude, Matt, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon for some dumplings and fun times. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having yeah. me. Was, uh, nice to meet you, man. Absolutely. Yeah, Take care. Enjoy the day, buddy. Guys, that was Matt Ensley, uh, national sales manager at Ritchie Brothers. Great guy. Buddy through Paul. Um, yeah, he had some fun stuff going on. RBAction.com. I was just on there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they, have, they, they definitely have some uh, – that's a stock for us all to look at, I think, especially yeah, now that we had him on. Yeah. Honestly, I think you're right. I feel like that's a great stock that no one talks about. That like, there's gonna Dude, be it's a, a beast. He crushes it. Like that's a that's a great company. It seems like a cool sector that like you know an auction website for yeah. It's like almost yeah. It's, it's hard awesome. for them to not make money. Honestly, it's always those unsexy businesses that kill it. You know yeah. where everyone's like, wait, what is that? Totally. Yeah. You know, like kind of for Al when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt that. It's a great sync for Al. We got to get Al on here. Was um, he supposed to come out at one point? Yeah. Well, well you Very know, we'll he's going to meet us out in Arizona. We'll have a guest appearance with him. There you go. Live guest. What are you guys, anything crushing for dinner tonight? I actually got Instacart delivered. Oh, that's a good call. I haven't even thought about it yet. Again, the problem is there, with the you know, I get groceries and then I eat more food because I end up just eating everything that I get. Oh, yeah. Every time I just, uh, yeah, I'm not in the mood to cook lately. I never, I've never been in the mood to cook. That's my new thing with dating. I go into the first date being like, just so you know, I'm a great eater. I don't cook. Yeah. Out in the open. So, I like that. But I'm, I'm looking for a girl that's great at cook that like actually thoroughly enjoys cooking. Cause I've realized that's a big deal for me. I need great food ongoing. Yeah, like totally. Satch. Remember Satch Dan from the birthright trip, our buddy, Corey, we met on birthright. 
very smart guy. He ended up with a woman that was a personal health, like a nutritionist chef. And That's she awesome. is supposedly a beast in the kitchen. Good for him. That's yeah. a great move. I know. Easier said than done. I was trying to figure out an on-demand dumpling chef, but <laughs> Dave, know, Dave, Broom. Dave Broom. Dave Broom. Oh, wow. Dave Broom. Dave Broom. One of our long-term listeners. And the Kench. If you're, if you're looking for healthy dumplings, he'll toss them in duck oh, fat. Dude, those were so good. We had those like so lingering good. in the freezer for months. <laughs> I, I found yeah. some like all over the apartment. Yeah, he cooked and, us like a thousand dumplings. It was, was almost like, like I, he tossed some in quarters too. I'd like randomly find them on the ground. I'm like, what is this duck fat <laughs> dumpling doing here? We put them on the freezer and every time we opened it, it was just a dumpling would fall oh, out. I was in heaven for like two weeks <laughs> and then I couldn't move. Postmaster Kind has been texting me. He is uh, not doing well, to say the least, from that chip. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I've seen a million videos, and I that's good for him. He ate that. That is crazy. Yeah, what what was that thing? It's the hottest chip in the world. It's like that hot sauce you ate times like a thousand. Like it's so I swear to God, there's so many like YouTube challenge videos on that chip. Like aggressive move by Kanj. Dude, honestly, I feel bad for him because when I ate that hot sauce, it like burned my intestines for like 24 to 36 hours. Or, like, my yeah, burning was brutal. He's gonna shit like straight black tonight. Like it's, oh. it's gonna be bad. You so. think so? I know. So yeah, God, God bless you, This is what I've mostly recovered. That was a religious experience. <laughs> That's the catch. Well, guys, this has been uh, a great one. We're in the heart of November now. It's football season, even though our teams both are awful. Yep. Like, you know, I know they're – I mean, the Giants are still in it with how bad that division is, but I haven't really felt like a football fan in years. Yeah, uh, Jets are the worst, obviously. And but, it did, uh, yeah. I know. Jets are tough. They'll be back eventually. Where's young man, Dan? We haven't seen him in – it's good in a young man appearance. Oh, in play. There he is. Oh, oh it's, there he is. What's up, Miles? How are you, pal? Great to see you. <laughs> there he is. Is he coming to Arizona, Dan? I think he might. Nice. Mr. Charleston, come out to AZ. You'll fall in the water again. I'll never forget <laughs> that. Miles falling in my grandpa's hot tub. Uh, when he came out there, he couldn't see Corey. It was dark. I, I was telling Danny about that. Oh, man. I thought the man was screwing around for a second with that one. Just messing with you guys? Yeah. But uh, all right, guys. It's been a good one. Until next week. Bootstrapped in the trenches. Making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team. Let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get Lodell, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.